0: Welcome to the Demand Excellence Podcast. I am your host, Coach Jonathan Guest from Eagles Landing Christian Academy here in Georgia. How many of you guys out there have seen the show called Titletown on Amazon Prime? It is about the high school football team, Alito High School, who plays 5A football in the state of Texas, and they're chasing another state championship through the 2016 football season. I love the show. I fell in love with Coach Wood, the head football coach. I fell in love with the players. I fell in love with the culture of the community of Alito. And I was sitting there thinking as I started this, this podcast, can I get Steve Wood, who's now famous in my eyes because of the show can I get Steve Wood on the Demand Excellence Podcast? So I emailed him, and he got back with me. So on on today's show, we have Coach Steve Wood. But a little bit about Alito High School football. In 1993, Coach Tim Buchanan became the head football coach in Alito. He says that when he was there, when he first got there, there was only 17 football players on the team. They grew that football program, and in between 1993 and 2014, Coach Buchanan built the program, and he won five state championships. He retired in 2014 and became the athletic director. While he was the head coach, here's his career record. Now, he started with 17 football players in 1993. He went 227 53 and three from 1993 to 2014. He retires from being the head coach, becomes the athletic director. His defensive coordinator, Steve Wood, became the head coach. And from 2014 to 2018, Coach Wood goes 75 and four, and he wins three state championships. Then in January of this year, they flop roles. Coach Buchanan is now the head football coach, and Coach Wood is now the athletic director there at Toledo. In the podcast, Coach Wood and I talk about why and how all that came to be. Today's podcast is awesome. You guys are really going to enjoy it. Before we get started, I want to encourage everybody to buy my book. You can buy it as a book or as an e-book. It's called Demand Excellence on and off the field. It is not me telling anybody how to be a better football coach. It is about my struggle as a competitive Christian man, struggling with putting Jesus Christ first in my life when I'm battling the gods of winning and performance and the approval of man it's about that struggle you can find the book at elcafootball.com that's e-l-c-a football.com or go to my twitter at elcafootball and it's pinned to the top of the page back to the podcast coach wood i really appreciate you talking with me today on the podcast i wish alito nothing but the best of luck I love the show. Everybody check it out, Town on Amazon Prime. Enjoy the show today. Coach, it's an honor to talk to you. Tell me about the Alito community.
1: If you drive around in our school district, I would say 50% of the car are going to have one of our logo stickers on there The Coach McKenna created and uh it's people are proud of the community and of the school and you know that gets back to um you know that, that, you talked about us having class we want our kids to represent these people in the right way you know and we want them when we walk off the field we want our people at the stands to be able to be proud of what we put out there regardless win or lose we've been fortunate to win a lot but you know so it's uh it's a unique place. Everybody's pulling in the same direction. Everybody's Bearcat, bear cat. Uh,
2: and, uh, yeah, I can't, you know, we've got 1850 kids, but it's
1: got a small town atmosphere to it, honestly. And, and people are positive here. You go to down to fill up with gas. And people are smiling. People are happy, you know, there's, a, uh, it's, it's, it's a great place to be. It's a great place to raise your kids. I know that from my point of view and,
0: Obviously, it's been a great place to coach. Well, Coach, you know, as I was watching Title Town, and I talked about culture earlier, but the one thing that really stood out to me was you as a person and the way that you talked to your players. Uh, you constantly uh, told them you loved them. Um, and it was just evident to me that, man, Coach Wood's got to be a Christian. Like, this, it was awesome. Talk about your relationship with Jesus Christ and how it, or Jesus, has molded and, sh- and shaped you as a football coach.
1: Well, you know as well as I do when it's all said and done, it's not about these wins and losses, you know. It's, that's not what the, if you just want to keep score, that's not what the truth scoreboard is, you know. We've all, uh, if you if you've been raised the right way or been subjected to it or had the fortune of having to teach you. I'll all have the ultimate goal of eternal life in heaven. And, and and so, you know, to me, life is a semi, it's kind of a test for us. And so, uh, you know, the, the last thing I want to do is get up in front of these kids and, and, uh, and not guide them in a way that would be godly. And I've been fortunate to work under some very godly men that that understood, you know, the importance of, of, uh, living your life the correct way. Try to, as much as you can, following God's footsteps, you know, understanding that we're all sinners, you know, and, uh, but we have a wonderful God that, that is very forgiving. Thank the Lord, because I need much of it. Uh, we, uh, you know, my, my, family is faithful you know and and it's important to me in raising my family that way uh uh, my wife is one of the most faithful human beings on the face of this earth i've been fortunate to have friends that that live their life in that way i mean it seemed to be all of my very close friends were that i guess it wasn't by coincidence probably um you know, we have a we we go through our, our staff. We follow uh, the guidelines and uh, and uh, a uh, criteria. The coaches' outreach—I don't know if you're familiar with—but you know, we have a we have a Bible study each week that we do during the season, out of the season. Uh, was able to been able to go to the couples' meetings with my wife, so it's important to me. I mean, that's. What drives me and fuels me in my life, and I would like to thank all of our coaches, hopefully all of our kids.
0: Coach, talk a little bit. Um, you know, so when you took over in two thousand fourteen, and I, you know, I do, I do know that recently you, you, you and Coach Buchanan switched roles, and you became the AD. But t- let's talk a little bit about your time as a football coach from two thousand fourteen to two thousand. 18 you were able to win three state championships in that time frame talk about now the expectations at alito is to win a state championship how is that talk about how hard that can be as a coach and how you handle that pressure because you know once you win one or two anything less is is really doesn't satisfy anymore
1: yeah, we can be a little spoiled if you don't watch out, you know. And we, My first year to be the head coach, and it was an interim job, which uh, uh, the week of the state championship game, they came and told me they were going to make it a full-time job. So uh, we went through the whole season, really, the assistant coaches not knowing what our status was. Uh, so uh, we, uh, it's, we were going to play John Tyler, and they were very good, really good. And, you know, you're always kind of preparing yourself for the worst. What 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 if what if this happens, you know? And and I talked to people that said, well, we're not gonna go watch the game this week, we're gonna wait till next week when y'all go to the state championship at Jerry World to go watch that game. And I thought, man, we are we're a little bit spoiled around here. But uh, you're right. It, there is some pressure involved in it. And I guess, you know, that's pretty much what you make out of it, you know. Uh, I know this, if I go to church and I pray and I pray for God's wisdom to lead me in the way that he would want me to be and to treat these kids and in a way that would make him proud, it seems like that pressure eases up just a little bit. Uh, I'm not gonna lie to you about that. Uh, I would lot rather have it this way than a place where the expectations aren't very high. Uh, so, for me to gripe about the pressure, I think that would be wrong. Uh, and the expectations are high, and the kids expect to do that. And so we we lost two years ago to the state championship game by one point. And I just I, I felt so bad for those kids because they just felt like they were failures. And how far from failures were they? You know, to go to a, you know a state championship game and, and lose by one point and you know, in the state of Texas where football is what it is, and, you know, but they, they honestly, they, they were embarrassed, and I thought, man, that is so bad, what have we created with these kids, you know, and you want them to want to go be successful, but, and I think in time, probably, you know, they'll realize how, what they did was exceptional, but it's, it's, uh, it can be tough, you know, I'm not gonna lie to you, you know, with the expectations. But again, our, our old kids—they work hard and they expect to win. And above all else, now don't—I don't want ever anybody to ever think this—if they listen to anything that I've ever said—we've got great talent, great talent. I know there's a lot of great coaches out there that haven't had near the fortune that we have that coach just as hard and and do just as good a job. So uh, we have some really, really good kids.
0: Well, uh, Coach, talk about you know you taking over. There's a lot of coaches out there um, who might be currently, or they're in the midst of taking over for what could be perceived as a legend. And, and basically, Coach Buchanan came in in 1993, won five state championships, and then boom, you're going to be the head coach taking over for Coach Buchanan. How did you approach that uh, when you became the head coach? Well, it
1: happened a week before fall camp started,
0: so I didn't have time to think about it very much. (laughs) Probably the best way. Yeah, yeah.
2: And I've been very lucky. I was the defensive
1: coordinator here for all those years. So, and I kind of ran the offseason, I suppose you could say. And Coach McKenna let me coach, and let me, I pretty much did things kind of the way I felt like they needed to be done, and I suppose they suited him okay. Uh, And, uh, So it wasn't like I was having to go. I'd had a lot of responsibility. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I lost just as much sleep when I was the defensive coordinator worrying about the opponent scoring as I did. After I got the head job, worrying about whether or not I had all the paperwork done correctly. So, you know, it wasn't like that was a huge old change for me. The staff was the same. We had the staff continuity. We had really good kids. I knew we were going to be good. Uh, we had really good kids, uh, and then we have a Division One offensive lineman move in in June. 6'7", uh, 350 hundred fifty pound guy that's up in Michigan. That's nice. So uh, yeah, that's not bad, you know. And and uh, so
2: we weren't without any stretch of the imagination so uh
1: we, you know it's about staying healthy you know how football is you gotta have some fortune the ball bounce your way a little bit and uh stay uh stay healthy is really the key and I know you know we play 16 games here if we if we go play for a state championship
2: you think about a high school kid 16 games so you know a lot of good fortune has to go your way but it wasn't I didn't really have as much time to think about it that first
1: year uh so we just went and got after it went to work and I didn't change a whole heck of a lot you know as far as what we did um we practiced the same way our schedule was the same obviously I'm different than coach Buchanan but uh he was still here he was the athletic director so you know I if I had a question you know I just it wasn't like I had to go try to do some research I just called him up so it was uh probably as smooth and easy a deal as, as you could hope for in that whole situation, other than, you know, I was 56 years old, 55 years old, you know,
0: and I had never been a head coach, so uh, that's obviously different. <laughs> yeah. Um, coach, talk about um, the de- you're a defensive guy, so a little bit of X's and O's here. I know that always interests people, but what what's your philosophy defensively? Well,
1: I'm an even front guy. I always have been. Uh, you know, that's just kind of the way I grew up, played in college. I got to GA a year in college for a great D.C. that was an even front guy. Uh, worked out in Houston for a great coach that was, you know, an even front guy. And came up here to Fort Worth, and my old buddy that I came to work for at Boswell was, was always an odd guy. They had moved to an even front, and so uh, it's just it's just kind of what I know. I don't think it's, it's it's definitely not the only way. I'm not saying it's the best way. It's just kind of what I know. We were talking about that the other day. It's, you know, I it's I feel like I can fix issues because I understand it, where if I go put three guys with their hand on the ground, you know, I don't really understand it that well. I, and so, to me, uh, I like to be aggressive up front. We're ball get-off guys. We're not sitting back read. We're, you know, we, we vary from – just a 4-3 to a four two five 2 some, according to where the ball is on the field, what the opponent's doing a little bit. But, uh, you know, we're a quarters coverage team mainly. We've never just uh, done a whole, whole lot else. That's kind of what I know again. So, you know, I, I don't like to tie kids or coaches down with a big old huge thought process. I've never felt like I'm going to make the difference making a call. I think I make those differences on Monday through Thursday practicing or, or even out there during all season i think it's when you make those differences i think it's about getting kids that are aggressive and can run and get them out there and get them lined up in the best way you can and let them go play you know you, you're faced with so many different formations and variations and people want to run it people run around triple ops and people want to go Empty and throw the ball and want to motion, you know. And so any call you make has to be versatile to handle any situation. And I'm just, you know, I'm pretty simple, simple minded in general. So that's kind of my theory defensively. Uh, I I love it. I love defensive football. I love the mentality that it takes to go play defensive football. I love trying to get kids in that mentality. I think it's, uh, I think it is well over 50% mental. You know, how else do you explain little guys that maybe even aren't that fast that go out there and they're just great players? Right. I
2: mean, because it's mental, it's an attitude, it's a choice. You know, it's it's something that
1: we're always on them about. You know, there's so many things about football that are nothing more than a choice that really have nothing to do with genetics or how tall you are, how fast you are, the color of your skin. You know, it's just. It's just about a decision that you make, you know. And so that's why I love the game so much, but especially love the defensive side
0: of it. Coach, you know, a lot of coaches I talk to that are winning coaches, they constantly talk about being simple and not doing too much. And, you know, they have their base defense or they have their offense. You know, we live in a time now where there's so much on Twitter and there's so much on, I, I don't know, Twitter's the big thing for coaches, I guess. But it's just this constant conversation of scheme. And you know, I can't even keep track with all the different coverages people come up with and all the different names they call them. And, and I'm like you. I'm a simple person. You know i like we're a three five cover three team and you know we have we have some things that we can jump into if we have to but we'd like to just sit in that and line up right and play football just i mean what do you think about that with all the scheme being thrown at us i mean you live out there and and uh what is it the big 12 and it's 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 crazy that's pretty much where all the scheme's coming from i think um what's your thought process on that
1: Oh, you know, I think you have to grow with the times in some ways, you know, as far as scheme. And I'm always looking, and I sit here and say I'm simple, but I'm always, you know, uh, talking to coaches. I've got a buddy that we talk weekly. uh, You know, we just swap ideas and trade. You know, our staffs meet. And, you know, I think you're always trying to – it may not be a whole scheme change. It may just be a technique change or some – you know, some – foot change or whatever it is. But, um, you know, I think if you're not trying to get better and you're standing still, then, then somebody's probably passing you up. All that being said, I, I don't – I never liked going to coaches' clinics or talking to coaches like you're a kid in a candy store. And, you know, and, and, and there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. I think people – if you don't watch guys you to get too carried away with that. I think, if, I think great coaches truthfully – If they do anything really, really good, they're able to look at things through the kids' eyes somewhat. Right. Because there's no secret. We're going to play kids over there on defense that are going to want to go try to kill a fly with an axe. You know, that's what I want over there. Right. and Kids that can run and kids that are physical. And I didn't say anything about some kid that's, you know, going to go uh, cure cancer or split atoms or or be our valedictorian, which if they are, that's great too. Uh, (laughs) But But – all that being said, I don't want them tied down in a thought process, you know. So if they're all able to handle more than we seem to do more, but, you know, if, if, if one of them can't, you know, then – uh, you know, then, then there's no need in trying to do more. Let's figure out what we're trying to do first. And I, I believe that on offense as well. Uh, you know, let's find find a few things that we can do really well, and then we can, you know, we can add to as we can comprehend and as well as how, how well can we coach it. You know, that it gets down to that. You know, when you when you really want to face the facts, can you coach five six coverages really well? You know, if you can transfer that knowledge to them, and okay, let's do it. But. uh, you know, that's, there's a lot of things that depend on that, and and we I don't want football to be our kids' just lives. Uh, there's more to life than just football. All that being said, we do ask a lot of their time, but we have to be organized. We have to be, you know, we have to really understand what we're trying to get accomplished, and you know, that's our job as coaches to handpick a few things that we can do and do well, and then if we can add to them, add to them. So. Uh, you know, with, with, with the extravagance, we played two flex bone teams last year, which we haven't seen in probably six years. Yeah. So on hmm. top of that, we're playing these 50-time-a-game kind of guys. So, you know, I don't have enough time to go coach all this different scheme and play all of it really, really well, I don't think. I'm not that good a coach. Maybe the other guys are. I don't know, but I'm not. So, you know, we're going to get in our four-man front. We're going to coach basics and coach and coach and coach. And then every once in a while, if we bring our end underneath and they don't think we're ever going to do it, well, we got a chance to make a really big play. Or I think that we get more out of calls and stunts or whatever you want to call them because we don't do it very much.
0: Right. Uh,
1: People – I've talked to old line coaches. Well, we know how you're going to line up and what you're going to do. And we have really good kids too. So why should I go try to mess them up by right. myself, you know? Uh, so that, that's – I don't know. We're just – we don't – I'm not trying to stay ahead of the latest, greatest scheme. I'm trying to coach what I can coach and what our kids can comprehend, I suppose.
0: Absolutely. Well, um, you know, talk – I'm asked ask this question – have you seen uh you know, the growth of RPOs um in the teams that you play and what's your adjustment to handle that?
1: Well my theory with a linebacker has always I want those guys like I talked about a while ago. You know, that uh, every once in a while he's got to bring me his helmet and i got to go straighten up his face mask or put a new one on there, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I tell him I want him – if you will prove to me that you'll go play the lead or the ISO, we won't ever work on it again. If, if, if you can make that fullback, go tell his head coach, don't call that play again. That guy's crazy. Do not call that play again. Then we won't work on it in practice. We'll work on something else. I don't need to go – to you know, prove to me that you, you know, you're going to try to take his head off. Uh, I, I don't want you to go knock your shoulder down out there in practice because we're out there running the lead at you, you know, five or six times. Uh, so my theory with those guys though is has always been, don't go to you know, let's have a little patience back there at linebacker. So I think it, it, you really have to do that. To play RPOs from the linebacker position. I think that we become a little more susceptible to the deep ball with our cover, cover four-quarter safeties because we set them around in there a little more on those RPOs. I don't think that um, our cornerback play it hasn't really affected a whole lot because of the way we read it and the way we play those corners. So out wide with RPOs, it hasn't been as big a deal. I think we're a little more susceptible to the deep ball or, or play action and somebody running by us from the safety spot. And it makes us coach technique with those linebackers a little more. And probably, I guess you become a little more of a man coverage kind of team
2: because of RPOs. Right. Uh, I guess, I mean, it's
1: just the latest fad. There's, It'll cycle around like bell-bottoms,
0: you know. Um. Well, it's like you just said. I mean, you had not seen the flex bone in six years, and then it's coming back. (laughs) That's right.
1: Yeah, and and they know how to do it. These guys really know how to do it. And so, yeah, and then we'll pop in there, and somebody will run the wing tee. And and we can't. We can't take a snap under center, so we can't run a scout team. And <laughs> they'll look like it, at me like I'm smoking something if I tell a wide receiver to come in and put his hand on the ground and block a defensive end from a wingback spot. So, you know, we can't rep it. We can't go out there and simulate it for our offense, for our defense. So, uh, yeah, if I tell those guys that run that, hey, don't listen to your fans. They want you to get out of it and the ball. You stay in it. I hate it. I hate having to go play it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it takes us – you know, we have to see it a few times, you know, and we always have to see it deep in the playoffs, which is annoying. Uh, Yeah. But I I don't ever feel like our scout team has even semi-ran it halfway decent until Wednesday. And then (laughs) (laughs) it took them longer to run it than – then uh, you know, figure out how to run it, and we and we got horrible looks on Monday and Tuesday. That's why it's a good offense. You know, you don't you don't see it, and you don't even know how That's to prepare right. for it.
1: Our kids, if we get somebody that gets heavy-handed at their old, at the old line and, and wants to come off low at us, we don't ever see that. Right. When our our D tackles will be hopping around, looking around, seeing where he's coming from next. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's we don't. But football has definitely changed
0: yeah it's, it'll come back around um coach uh last question for you you know so you, you had a great run there as a head coach and then you know you guys flopped back this year just kind of you know you became the ad and and he's gonna go back coach Buchanan's gonna go back and be the head coach you know was that just kind of you want you're ready to get out and you know had your taste of being a head coach you had a lot of success and you know um and talk about that a little bit and then you know what's what's your goals as an athletic director well honestly
1: so we hired a new superintendent she was she's been here this year she got in last uh spring late and so coach mckinnon was working for a turf company selling turf for paragon sports and so he was fixing to retire and and go sell turf and um So she approached me back during the season and and she talked him to staying through the fall semester. He was fixing to leave last August. And she she didn't didn't want to have to go hire an athletic director right off the bat, first move, right off the bat. So she talked him into staying and he was still selling turf. So he kind of had both jobs, honestly. And um, uh, we have a great secretary that can get things done around here. And so uh, the... uh, She came to me and approached me and said, well, what do you think about the AD job? What do we need to do? Are you interested? All of that, right before football season. And said, no no rush. Come talk to me whenever, if you do, make a decision on anything. And so about two weeks before the season was over, I think, about week 13, um, I talked it over with my wife. and I prayed about it, thought about it. I just felt like for us, it was the best chance for me to ensure continuity here was for me to go take that job. And, um, I didn't, it wasn't like I was tired of coaching. I mean, I still love it. I love being around the kids. Uh, you know, it's, it's still fun for me, you know, but I am 62 years old and you don't see too many old coaches running around out there for a reason, really. And, uh, so, you know, it's a good opportunity for me to, uh, and, Luckily, we, we won it all, so it was the way to go out, you know, kind of on a high point. Yes, sir. And, and really, really, I didn't, I thought Coach Buck was going to retire and go sell turf. And so after I talked to Dr. Bone and told her, God, I was interested, well, he came down and said, Well, I, you know, I think I'm going to coach some more.
2: And I talked to Dr. Bone, what do you think about the coaching here? I said, Well, Coach, you know, if you want this job, this has always been your job. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, he did this. I'm just trying not to screw it up too bad. And, uh, <laughs> so,
1: uh, anyway, you know, it just kind of switched. It kind of fell into place. And, obviously, he's still down there, you know, if I've got AD questions. And, you know, there are a few little things that have changed about, you know, be it where we store stuff or what the schedule was last year that, that he asked me pertaining to football, believe it or not. But, um, so, it's kind of been as smooth as anything like that could have gone. Uh, as far as an AD goes, I just want to give every kid, every coach, every opportunity to be successful as much so as I can, you know, be it equipment, be it, uh, be it coaching meetings, be it any kind of learning situation for our coaches, uh, facilities, whatever I can do to lighten their load, help them, you know, because they had to teach and then they had to go coach. And so uh, I want to get the best coaches that are available in here to Alito because our kids deserve it. And we've got a great place. and So uh, I-, I want our kids to have every available opportunity to, to succeed.
0: Yeah, Coach. I mean, I think it's awesome to, to have an AD that's that's been a head football coach because you just mentioned it right there. I mean, the, the, the people that were asking to go coach and spend – you know 40 probably 40 hours a week outside of the classroom um during football season you know it's such a grind on those guys and not and unless you've done it you really don't understand it and so then you're really going to be able to help help those coaches as well
2: right yeah that you,
1: you, i've been there you know i've i've done it and it's uh you you can't just like you said if you haven't been there it's hard to explain to somebody because you stack the pressure up on top of it and, and you know, the, the fam, like so many of our coaches have young kids and, you know, trying to justify the time we spend up here with your family. You know, we do have a rule here. If, you're, if your child has an activity going on on Saturday, we expect you to be there. Um, and really, any time that we can make it work, uh, we want them there. Just uh We'll find time to get our work done here. It doesn't have to be when I'm here, you know. So uh, I love a field house full of kids running around. I always have. Uh, That's kind of just the way it's supposed to be. Kids are supposed to be up there. I want to be in an atmosphere that's good for them and good for us. It's just fun to see them grow up.
0: Well, absolutely, Coach Will. (laughs) Coach, I appreciate you talking with me, and like I said, the biggest reason why I wanted to talk to you is I was—I'm glad that whoever filmed that—you know—I know it's on Amazon Prime now. That's how I watched it, but whoever filmed Titletown, um, I'm glad they chose you and your program because I think you're just uh, were the perfect example of what a high school football coach should look like and what a what a classy program should look like, and um, and so. I appreciate that. If Do you have, for the listener out there, do you have a Twitter or anything like that they could follow you? Um, no. You probably no, don't. I don't. I don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a Twitter. Uh, but uh, I, they can email me. I'd love to visit with
1: anybody, you know, who wants to visit. I love talking football. I love talking to fans. I just uh, love talking to kids. So, yeah. Uh, you know, anybody before, we'll be more than welcome to email me at swood at org. But I'm, I'm sorry I don't
0: have a Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's better off, probably. Well, um, <laughs> Coach, I always end with a prayer on our podcast, if you don't mind. Right. No, I'd love for you to. Yes, sir. Lord, we're coming for you today. I just want to praise and thank you for loving us. First and foremost, Lord, we praise and thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins. Lord, I just praise and thank you for coaches out there like Coach Wood, who is a great representative of you. Um, I know, Lord, that he was an encouragement to me just by watching him and how he interacted with his players. And Lord, um, I, I probably didn't hear him talk about Jesus one time on the show, but his actions and the way that he modeled uh, Christ's love uh, spoke volumes of his relationship with you. I pray, Lord, that you would bless him as, as he is now the athletic director, Lord, and is gonna be able to minister more to coaches and, and families. I pray, Lord, that you continue to bless the program there at Toledo, and um, pray for all the other coaches out there, Lord, that they, I pray that they would uh, watch Title Town and just um, learn from Coach Wood and, and how he represented you and, and dealt with his players. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Coach, amen. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, sir.
2: Worthy of every song we could ever sing. ever breathe, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you, All we live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name, Jesus, the only one who could ever save.